Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's episode 134 of Catfish on Ice, everyone. Welcome in. This is your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins. Whoever said that there wasn't plenty of news in the offseason? I think we have plenty to talk about tonight. Lots of, lots of stuff going on, that's for sure. Um, I, I didn't I didn't think we'd have that much to talk about, but man, there's tons of news right now. So. We have so much to get into. Awesome. So we hope that you buckle in and you're ready for it. Thanks for joining everybody. Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 134, presented by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I got to say, we just watched the NHL Awards, and we're, we're going to open the episode with opening face-off tonight. Uh, we already got two thumbs down from Rich, so I think I know how he feels about it. <laughs> two thumbs down. Um, uh, really quick, before we go to Rich first, we'll get Rich's thoughts on the NHL Awards and what just happened with all the results. Roman Yossi comes in second place in the Norris Trophy voting by the slimmest of margins. 25 points. UC Soros finishes third in the Vesna. No reason to be up in arms about that. We kind of expected that. Uh, Tanner Janot finishes seventh in the Calder Trophy voting. Uh, I really want to hear what Kyle has to say about that because uh, Kyle had you know a lot to, all season. Uh, really, we've all followed Tanner Janot in in unlikely being in that Calder Trophy race all season. So I want to get his thoughts on him finishing in seventh. Um, Alexander Carrier ends up making mm-hmm. the all-rookie team. Let's not overlook that. That is pretty awesome and really cool for Alexander Carrier. So good for him. Roman Yossi finishes on the first all-star team. So that's cool. So yeah, we got we got to dissect all this. We've also got to get into some other stuff. The Stanley Cup's going on. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning mm. managed to push back and make this maybe a series. They're still maybe. down 2-1. The Colorado Avalanche have still asserted their dominance for much of this series. So we got to talk about that. We have also got to get into some trade rumors. Alex Debrinkit is the new per- the new poster posture. child, the new person all over the trade rumors is Alex Debrinkit. And there are some Preds fans out there foaming at the mouth about the thought of trading for Alex to brink it. We got to talk about what a trade package would look like for him. You've got Barry Trotz out there who is out there saying that he should make a decision on his NHL future here in the next week or two. Will he be in the Preds front office? And then, oh yeah, there's just some little minor news that happened a couple of days ago. Very, very minor stuff here. But yeah. apparently the Preds have been uh, sold to uh, Bill Haslam, former Tennessee governor he will be the pro- eventually become the majority cool. owner. Yeah. So we have to get into all that. So yeah, plenty to get into. Oh yeah, then just to throw it all out there to close it out, we're gonna rank our top game shows of all time. You know, because we we want to end on a good note here. On a good note, something just, fun to talk about. Just like the evening news, they always show us like a puppy or they show us something happy. We're trying to do the same model on Catfish on Ice here. We want to yeah, leave absolutely. you with something warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. So we're gonna rank our game shows. You, All right, Rich. Sure. Rich, the floor is yours. 
give us how you feel. Just tell us everything about the NHL awards. How 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 surprised are you about this uh, Roman Yossi finishing in second in the Norris Trophy voting behind Kale McCarr, who is very deserving. No one's really upset that Kale McCarr won. Obviously, no. the dude is is a is a monster. But no. Rich, floor is yours. No. First off, Justin is in here. Hello, Justin. Yossi was robbed. Second off, Lindsay is in here. Hello, friends. Yossi was robbed. Sensing a theme here. Guess what? My <laughs> sentiments exactly. So I sat down. We were watching it. I was all excited. I had my phone out. I was taking notes. I was like, oh, he won. He won. And then, you know, they announced uh, that um, Shesterkin won, which is awesome. Very deserving. That dude's amazing. And I was telling my wife, I was like, yeah, uh, Soros like was in a really good position uh, to uh, possibly win that up until the last quarter of the season. And then they announced uh, that Moritz Sider uh, won the Calder. And I was like, yeah, Tanner Janelle was in a really good spot to uh, possibly win that um, up until the last quarter of the season. <laughs> I was like, just kept going on. And I was like, I think you're, you can sense the theme here, what's happening, but um, yeah, I mean, it just it just it's boggles my mind that Yossi didn't win. Um, Kale McCarr is definitely deserving. I didn't think Victor Hedman really put together quite as good a season and probably finished where he should have, but it just doesn't seem with the season that Yossi had and then the um, the criteria for winning the Norris, you know, the, the most impactful defenseman, whatever. It just didn't seem possible that he would not win. And he did not, um, but it's all good. Um, still cool to watch all the other guys that won stuff. You know, it, it seemed about right. You know, Austin Matthews took home a couple of pieces, and uh, it was Our good. Trophy, I, yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoy watching it. So, um, but just I was just, really, really, yeah, weird. good stuff, yeah. Rich. Good stuff for sure. I agree with a lot of what you just said. Yeah. I'm. Real quick, we're going to go to Kyle and get his thoughts, but I just want to throw in here real quick a little interesting nugget. How crazy is this? Um, Austin Matthews is the first Hart Trophy winner on the storied and historic franchise of the Toronto Maple Leafs since 1955 to win the Hart Trophy. That just kind of was a surprising stat for me with all the history that franchise has, that they haven't had a Hart Trophy winner since 1955. That that kind of was a little bit surprising. (laughs) Did you hear um, uh, real quick before we go to call? Did you hear uh, what Keenan Thompson said when Austin Matthews won? No, when, when they were leaving, I missed it. He said, "He said it's good to see the the Maple Leafs finally win something in June." Oh, <laughs> burn! I Love it. Oh wow, that was good. Well, my uh, my my younger self, Keenan and Kel, was like my show. Oh, At, you know, like that was right? like the pinnacle of its existence was when I was growing up as a kid watching that show. So that was kind of cool to see Kenan Thompson um, yeah. host the awards. That was pretty cool. All yeah. right, Kyle, floor is yours. Let it all out. How do you feel? So Yossi losing to McCarr, I do not like, but I do understand. Like, Kel McCarr had a special season. But then again, Roman Yossi had done something since – that hasn't been done even butched since the early nineties. It's been 30 years since a defenseman had a season like that. 
it's hard to justify why that player does not win that award. Um, not saying Kale McCarr is not super, super elite, and he's probably going to win multiple of these trophies mm-hmm. before his career is over. Mm-hmm. Um, Igor Shosturkin definitely deserves the Vesna. He sure. was a monster all year long. He stepped right in and took the took the reins and took King Hank's spot there on the Rangers. Yep. Um, then you get to the Vesna. Uh, not the Vesna, the Calder. And I'm looking <laughs> at the votes. And Tanner's down there seventh. Michael Bunting was third. He had I'm looking at their their stats. So Bunting had 40 assists, 23 goals, 63 points. Michael Bunting also played on the line with freaking Austin Matthews. Right. So all he had to do was tip it over to him, and he's going to go score it, and he's getting credit for an assist. Just stack Tanner, the points. Oh, just stack the points, yeah. Yeah. When you're playing on a line Tanner like that. had 24 goals, so more goals, and 41 assists, or four, uh, 17 assists. Tanner's also playing with third liners. I do not understand the love for Michael Bunting other than he plays for Toronto. I honest, I just that's a carry if there ever was a carry. Uh, most of the other guys understand Lucas Raymond, excellent player. Boston, uh, Boston's goalie Jeremy Swayman. Mm-hmm. Swayman had an excellent rookie. He year. did. Anton Lundell, a very underrated. There were so many good Florida. rookies this year. I mean, it was um, it was really mm-hmm. fun to watch all these rookies really perform well this year. But there's one I want to talk about. If you look in tenth place. In the Calder, that's another Nashville player. Alexander Carrier was 10th. He got overlooked all year. And was second uh, second all-star team uh, defenseman. Or on the all-rookie uh, Yeah, the all-rookie team. They made the all-rookie team. That was really cool. So, for sure. I'm happy for Alex. Yep. Lindsay is absolutely right. Yep. Number one on our hearts. Yep. But I, I understand Yossi. I understand you see not winning the Vesna. Nobody really expected him. I'm, to. I was just happy to see Soros get a nominate, just to be in the top three and get to go to the award show. That was really cool. Yes, and yeah, I no, agree. no one should be up in arms about that. That was just uh-huh. cool to see him in there. You know, in in the and he's going to win one. We all oh, feel pretty sure. confident about that. He, yeah. he he'll get his. He's going to be around a long time. He's going to get one for sure. I think it's a it's a pretty pretty set in stone thing unless something happens good lord willing yep. it doesn't but yeah um, those dudes just need to figure out how to finish the season they just yeah. struggle yeah, last, well, <laughs> they got to finish that last quarter of the season all right so here's how i feel about it first of all let's start with the romaniosi here for me um honestly i'm not mad about the fact that he didn't win it because of the player he lost it to like it'd be one thing if if the player who finished ahead of him was like not deserving or yeah. just was like just not not in we knew for sure he wasn't mm-hmm. a better defenseman than you can't say that about Cal McCarr. So I am more upset about this whole voting system and how 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 messed up it how it doesn't make sense. Right. It's like like clearly there was not a consensus among the voters if you just look at the voting points and you look mm-hmm. at I mean there was a consensus as far as the points as far as yeah Yossi and Cal were the top two runaways like 
you know, Cal McCarr with six, 1,631 points, Roman Yossi with 1,606. So separated by 25 points. Yep. But it's the voting structure, and it breaks it down here by first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place votes. Here's what drives me crazy. How, you know, Roman Yossi has the most first place votes by, he had six more first place votes mm-hmm. than Cal than McCarr. So there were six other voters who thought Roman Yossi should win the Norris. And then he has a, Roman Yossi has a random three votes where he was yeah. the fourth place. That's where I'm upset. Me too. I it's, it has nothing that. to do with him maybe not winning it and finishing in second. It's when I look at the breakdown of the votes. And I see that Charlie McAvoy got a first place vote. Well, no yeah, offense, it's Rich. It's, no offense, no, Rich. Not, but, hey, man, we're, we're talking about our captain here. No other allegiances matter at this moment. Three, he had he got three <laughs> fourth place votes from that somewhere. makes no sense. That's what that's what has me that's what has me upset here because as close as this race was, maybe he wins it if someone uses a brain and at least puts it, gives him a second place vote. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where I'm up in arms about the whole, the whole Cal McCarr winning it thing. I get it. Mm -hmm. He, he's a freaking superstar. He is. He is so good. He's, he's Roman Yossi 2.0 because he's younger, but he might end up being better than Yossi when his career is over with. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yossi still has plenty of, of a tread on the tires as well. So it's going to be fun to watch the, both of those players continue through their careers yep. in the seasons ahead. But um, that's what has me crazy about that is the whole voting system. Uh, yeah. Christopher Martell, everyone knows uh, Christopher Martell. I really liked his tweet talking about it. Um, basically saying, um, let me pull it up so I don't get it wrong. Christopher Martell's uh, followed the team, co- covered the team in the past and has been on our podcast in the past. But he... Let me get his tweet. He said, laugh out loud. How can you have the most first place votes and lose? Sounds like it just ain't weighted correctly, if you ask me. And I agree. The, yeah. It's the point structure that doesn't make sense to me when, I, when is, I look at this vote. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, McCarr got a lot more second place votes, and I think that's where he made up, you know, where he, mm-hmm. he took it or whatever. But two things. If you think that Charlie McAvoy – which he's an awesome defenseman. If you think that he had a better season than Kale McCarr or Roman, Roman Yossi or Victor Hedman, you you don't you shouldn't be voting. There's no way. That, that's just insane. He's great. They yeah. had a good year. It wasn't anything near what the other three did. The other thing, the people who voted uh, gave Yossi fourth place. I don't know who finished, like who they would have voted, but like. There, there's no way. The, the we, top we can, three. We can only are, speculate. Yeah, we can only the speculate. The top three are who need sure, to be the top. Well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Victor Hedman finished ahead of Yossi in a lot of people's ballots. Um, you know, but I, I don't know. I got nothing for you there. Um, yeah. This is from NHL Public Relations. So um, this is the closest margin in voting based on points since another Nashville Predator got robbed. And a lot of the people who followed the team close, more closely than I did at that time, I was following the team, but not like I do now, they came out and said that absolutely that was the biggest robbery ever right. that year for, for Shea Weber. He absolutely should have won it that year. For sure. So um, that was the last time. That was in 2012. It was a 12-point difference. Yeah. 
Lindsay said, I want to talk to the three people that votes in fourth for Yosef. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have them on, Lindsay. I'm, I'm yeah. working on that right now. Actually, Rich is our guru at um, breaking all the news and stuff. So we're, oh, he's, no, on, right? he's tirelessly on the phones right now yeah. trying to find those three voters for Lindsay's, us. Lindsay's over there going, I'm, I'm going to come over there and talk to you. <laughs> I'm going to come over there. Yeah, just surprising. Going through the ballots, going through the other votes, yeah. Uh, UC Soros, again, like I said, I'm just happy he got in there and got in the top three. That's a really cool accomplishment for him, just to get to go to the award show um, and go with Roman Yossi like that. That's just really cool, and I'm happy for him. He will be there again in the coming years, and he will definitely win one eventually. Um, And then, you know, really, Kyle was just preaching to my choir when it comes to Sanders, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see how he finishes seventh. I didn't expect him to win it by any means. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, man, just the disrespect that I'm, I'm that I'm getting for Tanner Janot now on a national level, I just don't get it. I know he's not as flashy as some of these other rookies, and he doesn't play for a big market team. But I just seventh place is, seems like a slap in the face to me. And then. I've been really big on Alexander Carrier all year. Uh, I've been trying to bring him up in other episodes, like because he did get overshadowed. Let's be honest, because of everything else that was going on on this team with Roman Yossi, with all these other players that were just having spectacular seasons. Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, UC Soros, Tanner, like so many great seasons from individually speaking sure. that it was easy to overlook Alexander Carrier. And so he – let's just talk about him for a second. He really stepped up to the plate this year. He was under an enormous amount of pressure to be a top four legitimate, trustworthy mm-hmm. defenseman. And I think his offensive game is only going, going to continue to flourish and get better and better as the years go on. But you want to talk about a player who really worked his tail off in the minor leagues for to sure. get to where he's at now. So happy for Alexander Carrier. He's such an easy player to root for. So it was really cool to see him on the on the first NHL All-Star team. That yeah. was, or the first rookie team, I should say, NHL rookie team. That was when really he, cool to see. So when when he got the starting job this this year, Dante Fabro was like, thank you. Maybe people will like start criticizing him now that <laughs> Instead right. of me, yeah. <laughs> they're like, he's like, he's like, look at this guy over here. Instead of me, so much, please. So that's the NHL awards. I mean, not the results we necessarily wanted, but it's okay. Um, still, it was still a very special season for all these players that they were even in the races to begin with, and um, you know, it was still fun to watch. But uh, yeah. let's let's move along here. Let's move along to the really massive. Big news that happened just a couple of days ago, oh boy. and that was the Preds are under new ownership. Former Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam. This came out of nowhere, guys. I mean, I didn't know anything about it when did I saw. You, know anything about it, Kyle? you never saw anything, did you? Yeah. No, that no, was no one saw completely it out of the blue. It was completely out. They kept this so hush hush. The people that did know it was coming, they kept it quiet. Nothing leaked, which but, is strange. Um, but Sportico was the, was the website that originally broke the news. And, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know nothing about Sportico. I'd never heard of them before this. I'm not saying they don't do great work. They do a lot of data analysis and stuff. But I was just like, okay, I got to make sure this is legit here. Like, I, I really didn't want to, like, speculate on it. But it quickly got verified by a lot of different sources. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean – 
in the short term, guys, it's probably not going to make a difference at all. But Mm -hmm. in the long term, because first of all, he's going to start off as a minority owner and eventually buy his way into being a majority owner. So the only thing I can really say about it is that one thing I think about is if, if, if this team's going to move to having a more primary owner, that can lead to um, a more, a more aggressive approach when it comes to off season moves acquiring big name players. Um, I want to share uh, daily face off. Go give them a listen. That's one of my favorite follows. Um, Matt Larkin and Frank Saravelli really went into detail about what they thought about, about this whole change in ownership for the Preds. First, I want to share what Matt Larkin said. A part of what Matt Larkin said here on the daily face off, he said, I think it's significant, but also the thing that jumps out to me is from the Predators perspective, just what it might mean for their identity. Because you look at Bill's brother, Jimmy, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, he's really Mm -hmm. changed the franchise, made it more, I don't want to stay a prestige franchise, but a loud franchise that makes plays Ah. for big-time players. So that's what what I'm thinking here. Uh, Bill Haslam has local draw. He's he's definitely not going to move the team, so no one has to get nauseous over that thought. But he might, if he really has that competitive fire to be a winning owner maybe has a little bit of an ego and wants the team to win you can't tell me that a couple years down the road if we see a front office change maybe they do move on from David Poyle does this team suddenly become a very aggressive uh spenders in the offseason to go for the really big superstar players that's really what I'm pulling from this but it's not going to really change what happens this offseason what are your thoughts, Mr. Perkins? I think it's – he's easing into the role. He does mm-hmm. own a, a stake in a minor league baseball team. I was just looking into him a little bit um, in uh, Sevierville. Hmm. And uh, the man's super-duper rich. <laughs> he, was, he was the richest elected official in the country yeah, wow. he, uh... whenever he was governor. Um his dad founded the chain of pilot gas stations. Oh, oh well, that, wow. that'll that'll get you a lot of money, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I I hear the gas prices are really expensive these days. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. But. I had to I sell know. a kid. I <laughs> yeah, mean, right. Well, I'm truth joking. be told, on that's the where you're. Well, well, truth be told, truth be told, <laughs> here for being honest here. I threw down a hundred dollars to buy the Preds a couple days ago, and they laughed at me. Oh, and, well, um, and, Bill Haslam, and Bill Haslam beat me out. So I tried. It was a good try. At least you you gave it some effort. Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, but, I had yeah, $100 laying there. around. You got to think he's going to be competitive with his brother uh, because mm. these guys are apparently both very competitive guys because they're if you're at this level of business, you're not there in politics and everything. You're not there if you don't want success. Right. You're Ego. not going to – be valued at two billion dollars with a B. If you are not, I want to have the best of the best. It's ego. Best. I'm thinking that's the word I'm thinking of here is ego. And I yes. hope he has. I want my sports owner to have a big ego. I know that everyone gives uh, Jerry Jones crap, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He he's a, he's a bad owner for different reasons, not so right. much because he has an ego. But I do want my sports owner, 
my sports team owner of my favorite team to have sure. an ego. I want you to care. I want you to win. I want you to want all the glory because you because that means you're winning championships. As long right. as you're mm-hmm. you, as long as the team you own is winning championships, I don't care. You know how you know how big of a jerk you might be somewhat or whatever or maybe you have an ego and you're a little bit like that i don't care i'm not trying to go hang out with you and be best friends with you i want you to want to win and if that means you got to have a big ego you know then i'm totally okay with this we'll see about that and then also just thinking about we're shifting from an ownership group that was spread across 16 different owners i mean it seems to me like it maybe was more of a business opportunity for those 16 owners. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there were times where maybe some of those owners just didn't really care as much as you would like, as far as the winning part of it. And maybe they were more in it for the business part of it, like making money. And like Kyle just said, Bill Haslam's already filthy rich. So I don't think he's in this to make a a few extra bucks. I think he's in it because he wants to win for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a, it was it was crazy when it came out and it was kind of hard to believe the the one thing is i think he's not going to have his minority uh stakes i think they said it would probably be into the season next season before it was all finalized and it would take like two or three seasons to get him to where he's the majority owner or whatever but um i think predators fans are are in for uh they're going to they're probably going to get what we've always wanted for the past few seasons i would venture to say we're going to get a new general manager um we're going to there's going to be some shake up and and that's what we've been wanting it's a, it makes you a little nervous when you think about it but you know it's 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 what's going to be best for the team you're going to get somebody who like you said he doesn't need the money so he's not trying to, you know, get rich off the predators or whatever he wants to win. And, or, or that would be my assumption. The other thing is though, is predator fans are going to probably going to, um, they might get a little sad because we, we really like our players and we don't like them to move around much. And I think if someone who's more competitive takes over, we're not going to be holding on to guys just because we like them so much. It's going to be more, cutthroat it's going to be you know how they do things in in other well, this, teams and this and this, and this, this works in all good. this works in all facets of business whether it's a right. restaurant whether it's a um any type of business or company yep. when a new boss comes into town a lot of times that boss is going to come in and try to put their own stamp on things and they're going to mm-hmm. try to do their own thing and if yep. that means having to let some people go or if that means you know like having to change all these philosophies or these systems. So when it comes to owning an NHL team, that probably entails, you know, making some really bold moves, some crazy moves, and it's going to start from the top down, which means it's going to start in the front office and then work its way down. Mm-hmm. But that, like I said, that that's probably a couple years down the road. That's not something we're going to think about this year. No. But I will say there's only one indirect thing I'm thinking about, and this is just me being purely just speculating here. Um, I want to see what you guys think. I don't have a scoop. Sorry, I don't. Uh, But I want (laughs) to see what you guys think about this. Do you think that in the back of his head, David Poyle is maybe a little bit more nudged to be or being pushed even more now to be like, you know what? I'm going for broke this offseason. I've got the cap space. I've, I've I've got to make a move here. 
And no one's going to criticize me for making a big move here because I've got all this cap space. A lot of people are telling me to, actually. So why not? If you're David Poyle right now, if I was David Poyle, that's exactly what I would do right now. I would go for broke. I would swing for the fences. I would try to land me a really expensive player while also trying to keep Philip Forsberg. Mm -hmm. I would try to pull both of them off and go all in for 2022-23. Just don't sell off a bunch of uh, picks and prospects. That's all I ask. But it's so it's so hard to achieve both. You've either got to do one or the other. That's the and I don't know if David Poyle wants to. Maybe he does. Maybe his heart's in the right place and he cares about this franchise so much that he wants to do the right thing, even if it's the longer road to that. But David Poyle might decide, you know what? Screw this. I'm not taking the long road anymore because my days are numbered all of a sudden. I'm going to take this shortcut here. I'm going to ship off all these prospects that I got to wait three or four years to even see hit the ice. And I'm going to go get me an Alex to or I'm going to go get me a whoever's out there. That's a, that's a big player right now. David, or about David Foster. Yeah. I love how you keep slipping that in. (laughs) Just gives me the chills thinking about it. It's like the lion King. Ooh, say it again. Say it again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Rich, if they get David Foster, I don't even know what I'll do. Then I'm pretty sure Rich will like be the first person to buy his jersey. Probably. He, he's gonna be. He's I gonna don't be, know. He's gonna be he probably, stiff. He's gonna be stiff. Our stiff arming people at the uh, the grand opening of the Predators merchandise store the day those jerseys go. He's gonna be. St- he's gonna be stiff arming like 14 year olds to get in the I'm, door to buy a Pasternak oh, jersey. I'm knocked down a 14 year old. Um, I doubt it. I might not because I That's don't know where how you, long, you don't, don't go long. Be here. Thirteen like year old. If he signs a seven year deal, then I hey. would get, definitely get a jersey. <laughs> Rich is going to draw the line at thirteen year olds. He's not going to stiff arm a thirteen year old, but he will definitely yeah. stiff arm a fourteen year old for almost, a Pasternak jersey. You're almost the man. Yeah, you're almost there. He's got to learn, you know, right? All right, he got to learn. But yeah, that's what do you guys think about that? Do you think there's some truth to that? Maybe like maybe in the back of his head, David Poole's like, well, you know what, I, I. I I'm only human here. I'm, I'm really going for – I'm swinging for the fences this offseason. Screw it. Yeah, I think so. He might have already been thinking that anyway, but now you got new owners coming in or a new owner and, a you know, his bosses are changing now. I mean, he's only human. If I was in his position, I'd feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if I was him, if I was in his shoes, I would be on the phone right now calling Forsberg's agent, and I'd be like, what do we got to do? Let's just get this knocked out. And then I'm going to start getting on the phone and I'm going to look for an Alex Debrinkit or somebody like that for sure. Cause like you said, his days, I think as soon as he found out about there might be a new majority owner, I think he probably felt the pressure. I mean, the writing's on the wall. I mean, the dude, he's been here forever. He's been in the, I don't even know how long has he been in the NHL? He's been in the NHL for like since the eighties or maybe yeah, even seventies. Like I'd have to do a quick I'm pretty search sure on that. He was the, the uh, the Towboy on the first original six team. Oh wow! So back in the yeah, so <laughs> he was the Towboy for the He's Canadians. Been around a while. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So but another yeah, thing I, to think I, about. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. After another you. thing to think about is uh, where Haslam has been in the public eye for pretty much his entire life. Uh, very public persona, mayor, governor. I don't think you're going to have another Herb Fritch that's going to sit in the background. I don't think you're going to have a, somebody that's going to be you're never going to hear from because he's comfortable with it. Yep, he's that's a good point. Done it forever. I think he's going to end up being the face of the ownership. 
I'm sure Sean Henry is going to be retained and kept in his role, but I don't think he's going to be, whenever it's the owners talking, I believe it'll probably be Haslam talking yeah. after he gets and, his majority stake in the team. And for, and for, you know, like from a marketing standpoint and from all of that stuff, this, this franchise already is one of the best in the league. I mean, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they, even fans who hate this team, like I'm talking Chicago Blackhawks fans, uh, fans that just hate the Predators, they will still look you in the eye and tell you, I love going to Bridgestone Arena yeah, because it's such a party. But I do wonder when Haslam does get into that role of majority owner and he really starts making the day-to-day decisions as an owner, as a majority owner, you know, what is going to change from a business aspect and from a um, making this a bigger franchise um you know, globally and definitely nationally when it comes to, you know, they're, the, they're, they're only the 26th highest valued team in the league. That kind of surprised me. I thought they would have been a little bit mm-hmm. higher. Uh, that was the Sportico. They, they estimated uh, the Predators value at 680 million, uh, which is actually almost 300 million below the average value of an NHL franchise. So I was a little bit surprised about that. You know, Haslam as a businessman, he's going to try to, up the value of that franchise, but I will say what 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 cures that winning going yes. to Stanley Cup Finals, signing big players, yeah that and so that's why I think that Haslam's going to be a go getter. He's we're going to see a dramatic shift in the philosophy of how this team operates, for better or worse. Yeah. Some that might mean that we make some really big off-season additions in a couple years, and they blow up in our face, and we have to go through a horrible rebuild to the yeah. point where we're like a last-place team. And then we'll really see who the real fans are. But like <laughs> I said, I feel like that's a couple years down the road. But it could also lead to um, getting an aggressive front office that, that hits a home run on some of these big superstar players. And suddenly we can do what the Avalanche did. Like I wrote an article like a month ago talking about following the blueprint that the Colorado Avalanche left behind uh, mm-hmm. that they went over for like the last seven or eight years, the Colorado Avalanche went through this meticulous and methodical blueprint to build to the team they are now, but it took some time. It didn't happen overnight. So um, we'll have Same to wait and see, but it's really exciting. I was kind of nauseous when I first saw the news. I was yeah, like, I Oh my God. But then, you know what? I came to reality. I'm like, this team ain't moving. No, Nashville is such a great city. Everyone wants to be here. Yeah. yeah, so I, I quickly no, I got over so those either. fears. But um, crazy stuff, though. No one saw that coming. It is. There's going to be some There's going to be some changes. There might be some growing pains, but, you know. One more want- thing I wanted to share from Matt Larkin's quote because yeah. it was so good, what he said. He, he said, if you look at the National Predators in the cap era, usually they're spending. I was looking at the past five or six season, seasons, and they're always at the bottom half of the league in their cap spending. No so way. that goes right back to the whole being aggressive spenders, taking chances. So he's wondering if the new ownership in this new identity with this new ownership, if they will become a more aggressive franchise that tries to target the Johnny Goudreau's of the world, spend to the very tip of the cap, spend extra money, whatever it is. That's mm-hmm. what jumped out to Matt Larkin. So that that's what really stood out to me, though, is that yeah. comment from Matt Larkin on the daily faceoff. Yep. So, um, good might stuff be a, there. It, it might be a whole shift of instead of, you know, relying on prospects three or four years down the road, you're, you're going to yep. swing for the fence and get some 
some big guys in your prospect pool, which, you know, the Predators always had a pretty decent one, might not be that great. You just never know. Who knows what's going to happen, so. Speaking of which, our next segment we're about to get it to, we're going to talk about the player that's really leading all trade rumors right now, and that's a division rival, a player on a division rival, and that's Alex Dabrinkit. Before we get to that, let's tell you about DraftKings. They are our sponsor, and this is probably your last – this is definitely going to be your last chance to get in on this offer. This pursuit for the Stanley Cup final has been on. We've been watching the Stanley Cup playoffs for a while now, and they've been so exciting all year, and – it is game four on Thursday night between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. And you can still take advantage of our DraftKings offer right now. All you got to do right now is just bet $5 on any team to win in this Stanley Cup, and you can bring back $100 in free bets. That's all you got to do. I mean, I just feel like – so first of all, who's who you got in game four, guys? Who do you got in game four? Lightning are down 2-1 in the series. Rich, who do you got? Um, Man, I really want to say Colorado, but you just can't count Tampa Bay out. I mean, they they were dominant in the last game. Um, Yeah, so I, I'm going to go – I think Tampa Bay is probably going to get the next one. You're going to think they're going to tie the series? Yeah, yeah I think, I think right, they might. They're right. home. They're I didn't tough. see that coming. They're I didn't the, expect that the, prediction from you. They're the, well – I'm trying to be realistic. What way to be objective? I appreciate. Yeah, I'm that, being Rich. objective. I'm not voting with you know my thoughts and whatever. But your heart, yeah. my heart. What about you, Kyle? What do you think? Do you think the Avs take a stranglehold on this series, go up three to one, or you think Tampa has figured it out and they're going to tie this thing up? Tampa's hard to handle at home. Yes, they are. They are. They are a tough nut to crack in that building. It's going to be loud. It's going to be. Yeah, uh, I really don't know. Uh, it's so it's, hard to call. It, it's such a hard series to call because you've had lopsided games both mm-hmm. ways, and the home teams have won every game so far. So, and it's not a series till the road team wins. That's a good That's point. Right. Yep. That's a good point. All right. So it sounds like you're taking Tampa. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to shift off of you guys. Now I'm going to take Colorado in game All four. Right. I'm sorry, guys. I just think Colorado is just they're they're they might. I'm not trying to be over dramatic here. I actually think Colorado might not only become the next dynasty, oh, but also I think they could end up being a generationally great team when it's all said and done because they are, their table is set for them. It's not like they're a team that went all for broke this year and they're gonna they're gonna be they're not gonna be very good next year or something. No, this team yeah. is set up to be dominant for a while, and I mean every time. I just look at this team and I just think about all these weapons they have and all these different waves of players. And it's like, even if they lose one of them next season or, 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 you know, whatever happens, Mm -hmm. they've got so many players in the pipeline and they're just so deep. Their roster is so deep. And uh, they are, that's for sure. But in terms of right now, game four, I think the abs are going to win. I'm hoping that it's a closer game. I'm tired (laughs) of seeing these blowouts, but um, I do think that Colorado is going to win game four. And then you, uh, if I really want to jump into the future, my original prediction was as in six. So I'll take I'll take Colorado to win game four. I'll take Tampa to not give up and not go without fighting. And they'll win game five, and then Colorado closes them out in game six. That's that I'll stick with my original prediction of as in six. But yeah. um I'll mm. tell you one thing if Tampa does tie this series at two, oh, 
Get man. ready for it. That game man. five, sign me up for it. I cannot wait yeah. for it if somehow Tampa ties it at two. It is crazy. Did, uh, did you guys see that um, when the 7-0 blowout that uh, John Cooper wanted to take Vasilevsky out and Vasilevsky wanted to stay in? I thought that was pretty pretty cool. It's like he's like, you know, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to try to learn something. And that not, cool, yeah. you know, I'm mm-hmm. not just going to just give up or whatever, even though, you know, they were getting killed or whatever and mm-hmm. wound up getting murdered. But um, I thought that was good. He, he's he's awesome. He's a really good goaltender. Yep. All right, so that would be who we were, were betting on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So now, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win Colorado or Tampa and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details on gambling help if you have a gambling problem. Also do same-day parlays. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings, you can do that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot in an even bigger payout. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and more. You can also... Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's super easy to do. When you cash out big, you get your money quick. So that's the best part about it. So go do that. DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code THPN for the Stanley Cup final game for this Thursday. All right. So we just got done talking about the Preds eventually becoming a more aggressive team down the road as Bill Haslam becomes the primary majority owner. But let's talk about this offseason. Let's talk about, like, I don't know, like a couple weeks from now when NHL free agency opens up on July 13th. By the way, we will be Mm -hmm. doing a free agency special episode that very evening to react to all the free agency happenings. Lots of It's going to be the. It's going to be the day before I drive to St. Petersburg, Florida to move to Tampa, St. Pete. So mm. that will be a lot of fun. My car will be packed. I'll be getting ready to do a 10-hour drive to move to my new home. He'll have but, his, he'll have his uh, Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. antenna flag on his car. He's heading to the parade. I need, I need y'all there. all to stop yeah. that. All this speculation about me becoming yep. a Tampa Bay Lightning fan just needs to stop, first of all. <laughs> Driving in his car with his face painted blue. Gosh, like, I'm going to Tampa. I'm moving to St. Pete and actually St. Petersburg cannot stand people from Tampa. It's like a little rivalry. Yeah. Like both towns don't like join each the, other. Join the club. Sounds like my favorite city. So yeah, I'm not becoming a Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> fan. Preds, Preds gold is in my blood. Like seriously, it's not going to happen. All right. One of All my right. really good friends who's a Penguins fan <laughs> moved to <laughs> that area too. Those aren't your, he's not your friend. Yeah, he is. He, he's one of the guys that got me into hockey. That's I got to say that. Yeah. But uh, he moved to that same area, and I'm like, man, your team's playing good. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Crosby's not looking at I was like, no, the Bolts. And oh, then yeah. he'll block me for two or three days. And then <laughs> That's it- right. That's funny. So let's talk, let's talk about um, Alex Dabrinkit for a second here. Um, let's be hypothetical here. A lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of fans that are like I would love. Overwhelmingly speaking, I'm getting that fans would love to have him. And Trey, I would too. Trust me. I would. But there's yeah. a lot. I would also love to have a million dollars delivered to my mailbox tomorrow morning and just not have to work for a while. But it's probably not going to happen, you know. Like so, I just think it's really far fetched for us to get our hopes up about trading for Alex to bring it. I just don't see how 
for one, and I think Kyle has mentioned this when we've touched on this previously, I don't see how that the the Blackhawks are going to play ball with the Predators. No. And I don't I don't see the I don't see the Blackhawks trading to bring it within the division. Is is my is my biggest sticking point with it. And my second sticking point with it is the Predators for them to trade for Alex to bring it, they would pretty much have to say, "You know what? We're we're throwing our whole youth movement into the garbage. Like that didn't work. We were wrong. It didn't work. We don't like some of these young players after all." We're going. We're going all in for 2022-23. That's what that would be because the biggest part about this is Alex DeBrinket is going to be a restricted free agent after next season. He is going to get a ridiculously high and well deserved pay raise. He's at six point four million dollars right now. So you got to mm-hmm. think down the road. So really, all I'm thinking about right now is that Alex DeBrinket is going to be a very expensive one year rental mm-hmm. for possibly for any team that goes after him. And that's what I would see from the Predators. Unless they figured out if they did trade for him and they did re-sign him to an expensive contract next offseason, well, then you better figure out what you're going to do with Ryan Johansson. You better figure out what you're going to do with, you know, some of these other expensive players because you can't afford them all next offseason. So it it comes off as a one-year rental if you trade for Alex to bring it. What are you thinking, Kyle? About he's it. a where he's RFA, you have to qualify him. Yeah. So personally, this kid has averaged sixty one point four points per season, including a season with fifty two games in it. <laughs> I go. mean, he's had two forty one goal seasons. His lowest season was eighteen goals and twenty seven assists. I'm sorry, and he's only 24. Yep. So if you if you get him as an RFA this next year, he'll turn 25. You sign him to an eight year contract extension at the end of this RFA year. He's going to be 33 at the end of it. That's not bad. Mm-mm. That's not bad at all. And you know what? He's worth the money. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be mad if they go out and get a guy like this and pay him big money because he's worth big money. Uh, yeah. Oh, he absolutely is worth it, for sure. And my my biggest thing, other than his play, is just the the leadership this kid has shown on a terrible team that he was the guy that stood up and took <coughs> ownership for the screwed-up crap that his team has done mm-hmm. in the past. He was the only one on this team that did it, and he wasn't even there. He was still in high school playing yeah, right. hockey when all this happened, and he was the one guy on this team that stood up and said, hey, we were bad. We did bad things. We should be ashamed of this. His moral character is something that I like, and I, I, I want players like that on my team. Mm-hmm. So if they go out and make a swing at him, I'm fine with it. But like Chad said, I don't really see Chicago trading in the division. That's that's, the that's setting thing, yourself yeah. up. It's just like whenever Nashville traded Seth, Seth Jones, they weren't going to trade him to the Blackhawks originally. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to trade him to <clears throat> Dallas or somewhere like that. It's just one of those things you just don't do. So right. I haven't. <clears throat> 
I haven't seen what what are they what's everybody saying that Chicago is going to want for him. Oh, okay. So know. yeah, that that part out there is another thing that's got me. And he yeah. he deserve. I mean, I it's I think it's fair what they're asking for him. Yeah. But I mean, they want a very high quality young player from a team. Okay. So I'm thinking like a Philip Tomasino caliber type of player. Um, they're wanting probably multiple high draft picks, and then they're definitely wanting. Uh, at least one very highly rated prospect. So, mm. and that's that's probably at the minimum. But definitely, I'm thinking like a very like huge trade package. And for some reason, the first player I ever think about, I always think about when I think young player in a trade package involving the National Predators, Philip Tomasino is the first player I think about every time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because I don't think Ellie Tolvanen has a ton of trade value right now, and then. I mean, Alexander mm-hmm. Carrier would probably get a lot of interest in a trade package, but no way Nashville's parting ways with him. I would hope not. But, yeah, but I want But Kyle's all in. He he's he, you know. So I want to hear Kyle. What if you were GM and and you were going to do it? What, what's a realistic? I mean, I'm, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt either way. But you're hurt. getting Alex to bring it, so For you sure do it. Hurt. So what would you be willing to offer? Would you be willing to part ways with the Philip Tomasino in a trade package for to bring it? <laughs> Yes, I, I I would I would send a first, probably a second. Tomasino, Dante Fabro. There you go. I mean, that would that would fit a, that would that would fit their criteria of what they're asking for. Yeah, Debrinket is a game changing forward. Uh, the only thing is Nashville has a problem at center. Center is the issue. Uh, they have so many of them, so many centers, uh, because they went after so many of them for so many years because they never could have a number one center. Mm-hmm. You've got Granlund, Duchesne, um, who Duchesne's better as a wing. Yeah. Just yeah. Keep that wing simple. at this point he's, in his career. Keep that wing. He's a better winger than he is a center. Tomasino is a natural center. Cody Glass is a natural center. Um, just got Colton Sissons is a natural center. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got, if you go down even farther in the lineup, Tommy Novak is good enough to play in the NHL, who's a hey, natural center. Tommy Novak's another player that I could see being offered in a trade package that a team, um, that, a, that another team would really love to have. On a rebuilding team like Chicago, Tommy mm-hmm. Novak would be a good kid to have. So don't don't overlook him yeah. either. I thought about him as well. Since um, they're kind of rebuilding a little bit, do you think they would be more apt to trade with Nashville since they're going to be hurting? I mean, for, it's possible. For, I mean, that, that's the only way that I, just, I see I can't, Chicago trade. They're going to have so many suitors, though, that yeah. they're going to yeah. be able to be very, very selective. And unless they just really love what Nashville offers as far as what you just said, Rich, about uh, younger pieces for their mm-hmm. rebuild, then they might be enticed to do that. They might be like, you know what? We don't care that you're in our division. We really like player A, player B, and player C that you're offering us, and you're throwing in a first and a second round draft pick. Yeah. This is going to be great for our rebuild that we're looking to do. Mm-hmm. You know what? Screw it. You can have him. But I just, man, could you imagine that big of an interdivision trade like that? As far as like, yeah. you bring up Dante Fabro. That's an interesting one. Um, I do think that there's teams out there who would love to have Dante Fabro. I know he's not as flashy and he doesn't put up all the goals and the points like 
like like we like to see. But Dante Fabro is still a very good defensive defenseman. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of teams out there who would love to have him, especially a rebuilding team. So that's good. I really didn't think about Dante Fabro in this yeah. sense of this trade package here, but yeah. That's Ooh. the that's that's the whole thing though with this with this whole new, you know, we're talking about the ownership thing and all that, you know. You, changes are going to have to happen and it's going to it's like you said, it's, some of them are going to hurt and we're going to lose some guys who we really like, but but man, you you got to do it. If you want to if you want to be successful and you want to get a big name player bigger than what we have, you know, you you, you just got to do it. There's just there's no other way around it. Well, you're not going to you're not going to draft somebody know, like that. I don't know probably. if we're going to I don't know if we're going to see Debrinket necessarily, but I do think we're going to see a pretty big move this yeah. year this offseason here in I a few so. weeks. I really do. Poyle, Poyle has to do something here. He's got too much cap money to just sit on it and not do something. He's going to get way more criticism for uh I'll use the whole baseball term terminology of if he just keeps the the bat on his shoulder and doesn't swing with all this cap space, that's he's going to get way more criticism for that. Then if he goes out there, goes out swinging and tries to make something happen for next season, and then maybe it doesn't work out, but at least mm-hmm. you went out there and you did your job as a general manager, which is to go out there and acquire talent and acquire, yeah. you know, players. You know, you even came out and were, were, was very brutally honest in the press conference oh, yeah. in the season, saying, "Look, I didn't give John Hines enough. Yep. That's why we're giving it. That's why we're comfortable giving him." this two-year coaching extension is because it was me. Basically, mm-hmm. it was on me. He didn't have enough pieces to compete with the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. So, yep. Plus, some of the pieces didn't play very well. <laughs> All right, we have another chess piece here to think about here. I mean, there's just so much going on here. So many different pieces, moving parts right now. Barry Trotz. This story just keeps evolving. I've been listening to Elliot Friedman's podcast a lot because he seems to always have something to say about it because he's in the know and he knows it all. Um, but it really seemed – and Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic actually shared this uh, today, actually, talking about how uh, Barry Trotz, uh, you're, we're expecting a decision pretty soon here from, from Barry Trotz on what his – what he's going to decide to do with his NHL future. He's a, he's been pretty patient. I, I know he's done a bunch of interviews. Apparently I've seen the uh, Winnipeg jets as a team that he's done coaching interviews with. I really don't want to see him coach the Winnipeg jets. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that would kind of break my heart, but I see, I was, we were originally seeing him tied to the Philadelphia flyers, but John Tortorella took that one. That's going to be um, fun. That'll be interesting to watch. Yes, John Tortorella in that fan base in that market. Mm-hmm. Oh my, that's going to be Cam Cam Atkinson's like man, really? And he's, he's taking got, a, he's away he from is, that guy. And Tortorella, <laughs> he is taking over a project. That yeah. team is a mess. And yeah. I think that's where I, that's why a lot of people are a little thrown off by this decision. Is you know Torts is like such a hard nose like coach mm-hmm. and he, you're gonna he's gonna come in there and coach a bunch of young players the way his coaching style and his mm-hmm. uh his old school mentality i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird match for me but anyway barry trotz yeah. was kind of tied to that team um but then there's this whole idea of maybe barry trotz wants to be in the front office not as a general manager but maybe as a consultant mm-hmm. in the front office and then maybe eventually he becomes 
a general manager for the Predators? Like maybe they keep the seat warm for him? Because you know there's a lot of mutual respect between David Poyle and Barry Trotz. David for Poyle sure. hired Barry Trotz as the only coach, and Barry Trotz was around for a long time. And it was a very um, mutual um, separation when David Poyle left the organization. It was, you know, so I could see a reuniting eventually. For sure. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what his decision is here coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, my whole thing is, <clears throat> like, obviously he was with the Predators forever. And then, you know, if you if you look at his coaching jobs afterwards, he kind of got the short end of the stick a little bit. You know, the Capitals let him go because they didn't want to pay him. The Islanders let him go because – the team. I don't even get that. I still don't get that. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Yeah, it was totally r- ridiculous. And maybe he just doesn't want to be in that situation again because that's, you know, that's the situation. How all the teams are now. Like, if you don't do something in two or three years, he's such you're a much done. <laughs> and he is such a stand-up guy, like philanthropist. Yeah, like he does sure. so much in the community, and he's still very active in the national community as well, and yeah. uh, and stuff. And um, so it's. Oh my God, that would be so yeah. incredibly amazing if David, yeah. if um, Barry Trotz somehow landed in the front office for the mm-hmm. Predators. Yeah, and this all this all came about because apparently he bought a house in Nashville. Yep, um, and then everybody just started, you know, digging in and trying to find information. So, but now at first it was like, well, he, he loves Nashville though too. So we he should, does. yeah, like just, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? I mean, he love he 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 has his roots in Nashville. I'm pretty yeah. sure his kids continued mm-hmm. to go to school out here. Yep, um, and that's after after he left the president. And that's what and that's what everybody was saying. You know, everybody was like, well, he's got you know his kids still go here, whatever. But then it actually started getting some traction to where it's like. Oh, you got, you know, Pierre LeBron and those guys saying something about it. So there's probably. And, and we were talking about, you it. know, I was, I was talking about ego earlier, like talking about like maybe you like your owner to have a little bit of an ego because that could be good for your team because mm-hmm. that owner wants to win championships. Dave, um, I keep saying David Boyle. Barry Trotz <laughs> is the opposite of ego. That yeah. guy is as, has humility. He's so well respected by across the yeah. league. Uh, he's a player's coach for sure, but he has an eye for talent, building a team. He clearly did that through the rough expansion years. Oh, yeah. And quick. I mean, no one ever wants to talk about because they get so caught up on Vegas and the magic that they went on. But the Preds as an expansion team, they were they were really bad for like three years, three mm-hmm. or four years. And then they started making the playoffs like around year five, I believe. Yeah. And that's when I mean that's so incredible that that Barry Trotz oversaw everything to do with that, and so and he he acquired a lot of talent. He developed a lot of talent. Some players who are still on this team to this day, and so yep. I mean, just if he can end up in this front office, I will oh, be for jumping for joy, going crazy. If you look at another thing that was a. Uh the difference between Vegas and uh, uh, Nashville when they started out is when Nashville started out, they were not an entertainment destination. Mm-hmm. Nashville, Nashville hasn't re- hadn't reached that point yet. Nope. No. And arguably without that team in that arena, I don't know that they would have. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, for sure. 
But you look at Vegas, Vegas is an entertainment destination. They're going to have so many people there that are just there. Like hockey fans that are from other markets that are in Vegas. Oh, I'm going to go to a game. They're, they have a built in amount of fans. Yep. Now, they were building from scratch in a demographic that knew nothing about the game in Nashville. So, yeah. and, That's good you point. know, Trotsy, Trotsy did an amazing job. I would absolutely love to see him in the front office. I think he could be a great general manager someday. Uh, just because of his personality type. You're talking about the Islanders when they let him go. And that boiled down to if they did not keep Lane Lambert as mm. their head coach, he was getting hired somewhere else. Mm. And they already had him to be Trotz's replacement whenever Trotz was done. Not it was already that. a done deal pretty much. So there you go. Short into the stick though. <laughs> yeah. It For was sure. like, sorry, Barry, he's our coach of the future. You know this and he's leaving if we don't make him head coach right yeah, yeah. So I just, just really weird. I just wonder, does Barry Trot still have the itch to coach? You know, like he's already achieved so much in this league. Does he still have the itch to coach? Possibly, but um, I mean, what what are some of the openings still? I know, like, like I said, I keep seeing the Winnipeg Jets as, as a team he's linked to. But what are the other open? I know the Dallas Stars got Pete Pete DeBoer. Yeah, just Which, throw all the coaches in and mix it all up and pick yeah. one. Else. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, like I, I just don't, I don't know what's out there for him right now. It's a Vegas really good got their spot guy. for him. Florida is interviewing for people. Yep. Oh, and the, I don't I, understand that at all. I could not fault Barry Trotz at all if he wanted to take over at Florida. That, oh, team's no. re- that team is ready to win a cup. I yeah, mean, absolutely. they totally are. I mean, they totally fell flat on their faces these playoffs, got swept by Tampa, but they're they're still going to be around next year. And but, you, you throw Barry Trotz into the mix as their head coach, <laughs> then uh, that could be a game changer for them. So uh, their, their coach was the runner. Their interim head coach <laughs> was the runner up for the Jack Adams. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it either. I don't know. And they're interviewing people. What does that show to him? I mean, golly, what else has a guy got to do? Well, I also I saw, mean, and I think this was also from Elliot Friedman's podcast, um, 32 Thoughts. Um, apparently, a lot of teams were really interested in Barry Trotz, including like the Dallas Stars, but they were more, Barry Trotz needed more time to decide. And these teams were like, look, we got to figure this out now. And so sure. maybe maybe their first choice was Barry Trotz, but Barry Trotz was like, you know what, I'm not ready to make that decision right now, so you can keep doing what you're doing. Yep. And so, you know, those teams had to, like, so make other your, decisions. Here's your, here's your job openings right now. So um, the Boston Bruins, they still need a coach. The Detroit Red Wings. Oh, yeah, Bruce Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy went to uh, the Vegas the Golden Vegas. Knights. Yeah, 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 which was weird. Uh, Detroit, Winnipeg. And then uh, Chicago, they have an interim coach, and the Panthers, like you just said. So there's five five. Jobs. I haven't seen anything linking Barry Trotz to the Chicago Blackhawks. I mm. would hope that he does. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw this microphone away and never talk ever again. Mm. You'll never see me ever again if he becomes yeah. a coach of the oh, Blackhawks. Okay. And I doubt. I'll play devil's I, advocate oh, go on ahead. this. 
right. If you're the Chicago Blackhawks, who have this unholy uh, tarnished reputation right now, they're everybody looks at their team and it's just a scowl and a look of disgust. You take a guy like Barry Trotz, who is this everybody knows Barry. Everybody knows Barry's history, his things he's done with players. He, Jordan Tutu credits that man with saving his life. Yep. Universally respected I, among I, players, I, coaches, media. Exactly. Everybody. If I'm the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm after Barry Trotz so hard Smart. that it, it would make your head spin. Absolutely. Because he instantly brings that moral credibility yeah. to your organization. Yeah. Yep. And, I don't and, think they're smart enough to do that. Probably not, but but like you said, they could say, "Hey, man, that's in the past. We're turning a corner. We've got, you know, the top coaching prospect of of all time right now. We're wanting to get him and just turn turn everything around. And that's that would be very smart on their part. But I don't see it happening. No, and I don't think he would go to Boston because they're kind of in a mess as well um, with with people. So I I doubt if he would want to go. That it kind of be not starting over, but it wouldn't be good. And does he right want to deal with that media in Boston? Too? That too, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's, yeah. That's that's absolutely true. He, he's at the point of his career where he's earned his. If he wants to wait and make a decision, mm-hmm. Barry gets to wait and make his decision. If he wants yep. to go wherever, he can pretty much say, "Hey, I'm going to do this," and you can't really fault him. He's I mean, oh. It. Overwhelmingly, yeah, right now, I'm seeing Barry Trotz tied to the Winnipeg Jets, though. So it's because he's from there originally, yeah. is what oh. it is. Yeah, yeah. Th- this was three days ago. Pierre LeBron of the Athletic said, "What we're told is that Barry Trotz is intended to make his decision on his NHL future around July 1st. He has indicated that to a few teams, so probably those teams we just mentioned that have openings. Uh, Drager, Darren Drager says he Trotz is expected to meet again." with the Jets next week. So that was three days ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's, he's probably going to end up as a head coach next season. I would expect he yeah. wouldn't be doing all these visits and all these interviews if he wasn't interested. So he's probably, it's just a matter of who he's going to be coaching, but eventually that doesn't mean anything as far as That's eventually right. down the road that Barry Trotz gets reunited with the Predators in a front office role. So we will keep an eye on that. I'm all, all right, we it. have pretty much covered everything, guys, except for we're going to close out tonight's episode with something fun. I have always loved game shows, guys. I'm like a nerd that way. Game show channel is like my favorite thing ever if I'm going to have to watch cable. But I, this is what gave me this idea to even have this segment. It's game one of the Stanley Cup final last week. I'm all amped up and ready to go to watch this, right? Game starting at 7 o'clock. Every time there's a big sporting event in any other league, there's like an hour and a half long post-pregame show, and they're right. doing all these different things and all this analysis. So I'm like, it's like it's like 15 minutes before puck drop, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to turn it on ABC, the network, the <laughs> network. And I need to turn it on there and catch some of this pregame. And it's the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> And they took the Wheel of Fortune all the way to 6.59 and 59. I mean, it's like basically 7 o'clock, and I'm like, the Stanley Cup final still not on. And I'm seeing all I'm seeing all of these updates on Twitter about warming up. Players are warming up, and 
they're getting ready to start the game. And I'm like, why am I still yeah, watching the Wheel of Fortune right now? Yeah, why man. am I watching the Wheel of Fortune? I should be watching wall-to-wall pregame coverage right yeah. now on those, ABC. Those games, man, they come on and it's like, oh, you know, they talk to the announcers oh, for a little gosh. bit, man. And that's it. That's the end of it. So that gave me this idea. That That's gave me this good. idea. Let's rank our. I've got. I've got a top five. I don't know if you did a top five or not. It's okay, but I got a top I just got five. A few. You just got a few. Got I actually few. ranked mine because it's always more fun when you rank them. That's good. Okay, I'm gonna start with my number five. And okay, first of all, you can tie reality shows in this too if you want. If they're game shows, wow. kind of. But most yeah. of mine are actual game shows. I've only got one that was kind of a reality show, but it was. It was a pretty cool game show. My number Jersey five, Shore, right? It was Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore is not a game show. That's a reality show. No, this reality. is a reality show, but it was still a game show. You still had I contestants, and you were still trying to win a prize. My you. number five is Fear Factor. Okay, old school Joe Rogan when Joe Rogan still had hair. Yeah, yeah, and it make you put your hand in a <laughs> box of spiders or oh my eat gosh. something weird. Yeah. Yeah. Know. You would have to eat like the weirdest, like tra- like you'd have eaten a tarantula or you'd I'm have good. to like skydive off a 20 story <clears throat> bridge or something. I'm sorry, but back in the day, fear factor was, was pretty, pretty awesome. That was pretty good. It was pretty exciting. And you yeah. can still watch fear factor on Hulu. I just found that out a couple oh, wow. days ago. <laughs> All right, that's my number five. That's good. That's number good. four. Number four. For me is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? When it first came out with Regis Philbin, I know it still like comes on now, and it's like I don't even know who hosted it. Yeah, but I'm talking I don't remember. when it first came out, watching people win like $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, it was like you, your heart would start beating for this person as they were mm-hmm. getting closer to a million, and then they would um they would do the whole phone a friend thing. Yeah, and it, it it was like the worst connection ever. Like that, like the phone connection, like For sure. was so bad. And then it's like I've always thought, like, how horrible would it be if the if the call got dropped, like right when you were asking for the answer, and it yeah. was for a million dollars or something. But yeah, yeah, like how they would use their lifelines and stuff was always interesting. Do you guys sure. remember uh, Who Wants oh. to Be a Millionaire? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I used to watch it. Yeah, it and then there was a you exciting. could actually play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on your PC as like a mm-hmm. game. Yep. And, and it sure. was on my PC. All right. That's awesome. Number three for me is it's a goat. I mean, it's it's one of the goats. It's one of the OGs. Price is right. Oh. With Bob Barker. Yes. Absolutely. See, that's Not my number your... one. And I was like, please don't steal it. Please don't steal well, it. Well, I mean, good, you gotta think if I'm doing a top five that price is right is gonna be there. But only with Bob Barker, not with Drew Carey. I oh, hey, hey, always remember to spay or new to your pets. That was Bob Barker's. But the best part, the, my favorite part about Price is Right is definitely the, um, what was the name of the game where the, the guys like climb the, the, the yodel? Guys, oh, the yeah, the yodel. Yeah, he'd go, oh, and Plinko. And Plinko. Oh, yeah, Plinko was good too. All right, and I then, forgot about Plinko. Plinko the, was awesome. They had the, uh, the putt-putt one. That one was pretty good. That is the that? official show of being sick and staying home with your yep. dad. Yeah, official show of that. I did that. I watched that with my grandparents when I was home from school. Definitely. Yep. All right. Yep. N- number two, another classic. Family Feud. Oh yeah, with the what was the guy's name? Richard. I'm, Dawson. I'm not old Richard enough Dawson. to remember him. I'm not that old. Yes, Come on, Rich. Did. I'm not that old. Would, I, I know who he is, but I wasn't. No, I'm talking about with definitely Family Feud with Steve Harvey. 
Oh, that yeah, man is so. You don't like Steve Harvey? Steve Harvey's it's freaking not that hilarious. I, it's not that I don't like him. It's that it just it, it's like it's all it's about too much being dirty. Uh, like everything's all well, dirty. Like it has gotten pretty dirty jokes. It has gotten kind of dirty. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's still number but, two for me. Number one. I'm sorry. It's the goat. It's the best all time. It's uh, the newlywed game. Oh no! Yeah. Yes, the newlywed game was hilarious because you would always see the spouses not knowing stuff they should know about each other, and the husband always gets in a lot of trouble, and the wife's Mm -hmm. like, how do you not know that about me? I've told you that every day since we were engaged, and you don't – I just – I love it. I love the tension, the suspense. And you you talk about the double entendres. There was tons of that in that that game. Yeah, always, always – Turn something I, around. And, uh, I think I threw y'all a curveball with my number one. I don't think you, you expected the newlywed game. We've got a couple of responses in All here. Right. Mike Mike Twitter's in here. He's apparently either at or watching a baseball game right now. Um, so what's up, Mike Twitter? Lindsay said Fear Factor was great, which uh, that, that's cool. And then Mike Twitter said um, Nickelodeon games, Guts. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was I, was a, I was a Nickelodeon kid. Yeah, Temple of Doom. There was one called uh, Temple of Doom or something, or you had to like kids had to run through Temple Legends of the Hidden Temple. Is that of the Hidden Temple? Was was it like a video game? You're in a no, no. It was a show. Oh, Oh, okay. No, no, that's what I mean. But it was. Did it look? I don't know. That's what he said. And then he said, uh, "Bob Barker's awesome." And Justin Gambino says, "No whammy, no whammy, no whammy." Okay, that was from. uh, I can't remember the game that was on. I don't remember. I don't remember. So what's yours? What's yours, Kyle? I've only okay. got a couple. You've already got, I'm going to do two. So two. my first one is sort of a game show, but it's the same people on it every week. And that would be whose line is it anyway? Oh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. That, uh, that was I always enjoyed that show, especially when it was the original castings and mm-hmm. just, I always thought that was fun, but I have to knock your newlywed game off because... All right, that's fine. (laughs) The real goat of game shows is hosted traditionally by the man, the myth, the legend, the Alex Trebek. You're right, yeah. I I went against the grain. I went against the grain. I left Jeopardy off. But Alex Trebek is a legend, truly. I watched Jeopardy religiously as a child. Mm-hmm. I would I would sit there and try to answer every single question. You can learn a lot watching that show. And yep. not only is it a legend for being a game show, it spawned one of the best Saturday Night Live sketches that has ever been done. Yes, it did. Absolutely. Uh, just so much stuff has came from yeah. that show. That's it's what your mother said, Trebek. <laughs> And then who's hosting? Who's hosting Jeopardy now? Isn't it the girl from uh, who, uh, Big Bang Theory? They have her name? a few. I think it's like a rotational. Oh, they do yeah. rotation now because I thought she, the girl. I can't think of her name from the Big Bang Theory, but uh, Maya uh, Mayim Balik. I thought she was doing. I watched a couple episodes where she was the host, and I thought she was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw a comedian one time talking about how. Um, you watch Wheel of Fortune, it comes on first, and you're like, oh, you think you're so smart, and then you watch Jeopardy, and you just really find out how dumb you really are. Yep. 
You can learn a lot knows, watching Jeopardy. Nobody knows any of the the answers. Stuff. By the way, this is the second straight. This is the second week in a row, second episode in a row where we've done a Jeopardy reference. We didn't do that on purpose. Oh, really? but, yeah, last week we did uh, funny things in the interwebs. We uh, laughed at the uh, person right. who we laughed at the person who thought that um, God, what happened? Mick Jagger. He yes, thought that. It uh, is, uh, um, yeah, I can't remember who it was. God, our brains are fried right now. It is fried right now. Um, no, he thought. Um, he thought that. Um, God, Michael the guy Kane. that's in Dark Michael Knight. Kane. What the hell is his name? Michael Caine. Michael, Michael Kane. Kane. He thought Michael Caine yeah. was Mick Jagger. Okay, so anyway, yeah, yeah sure. that's our yeah. that's our so second a, episode in a row of Jeopardy. Um, so I, we took a trip to Los Angeles several years ago, and we actually went and visited the set of Wheel of Fortune. Like it wasn't during a taping or anything, but we got to see the whole the studio or whatever. The wheel is like super small it looks huge on tv oh, really it is not big at all wow, and then they okay. had they used to have the section where they would have cars and all that business it is a little very small studio it's not big so they at make all. it look yeah they make it look massive on tv but it's they do they've got a yeah. they've got a camera it's a special camera i can't remember what the name of it is but it makes everything look really big and wide so mm, but um, that yeah that sense. was that was pretty cool i like jeopardy they um they used to have rock and roll jeopardy was on for a little bit and I used to just dominate that. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was just like not even a contest, but that was and a lot of those, a lot of those game shows that are in syndication, they, they record mm-hmm. like five episodes a day or something like oh, they, yeah, for sure. like they yeah. like, they pump them because they yeah. throw them into syndication. So that's yeah. why they, that's why you feel like you, that's why there's so mm-hmm. many episodes of that is because yeah. they, they film so many of them yeah. all throughout well, the year. Be, yeah. Like obviously watching prices, right. And then there used to be Hollywood squares, that was an old one. Um, the $10,000 pyramid. <laughs> that's re- that's a really old oh, game I do show. remember that one, yeah. Yeah. So They don't really do game shows like they used to, though. Mm-hmm. Like Game shows used to be like the big thing that was on TV every night. Now For it's sure. like, eh. No one really. But anyway, good stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. Awesome. All right. This has been episode 134. We appreciate all of our friends watching and commenting tonight and yep. listening. Can't thank you enough for sticking with us through the off season. We have plenty to get into. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Everyone have a safe week, a great week. Hit us Absolutely. up on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at catfish ice. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps out a ton. And we have been presented by DraftKings. So again, go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app promo code THPN to bet on game four Thursday night, bet on either the Tampa Bay lightning or the Colorado Avalanche, $5 bet, nets you $100 in free bets if that team wins. Go ahead and do that. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. Take care. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.